Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Dead End Sports Podcast. This is a weekly sports podcast. We like to call it the best couple of hours of your sports week. Again, this is the Dead End Sports Podcast. I am your host, 12 Kyle. This is the place where sports opinions collide. Uh, If you haven't done so already, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast. You can find this podcast just about anywhere. We're on iTunes. Stitcher, SoundCloud, uh, YouTube. A uh, shout out to everybody who's back on YouTube and said that said that we were they were welcoming welcoming us back. Uh, we didn't go anywhere. <laughs> We've been here all all along, but nonetheless, uh, shout out to everybody. Make sure that you're up also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So there's no reason not to subscribe. Again, I am the host, Twelve Kyle. Uh, of course, I will not be doing this podcast alone. Joining me, all the homies. Uh, first up the bat, my homie, BZ430. BZ, what up, though? What up, though, Kyle? Hey, man, we need to, uh, I was watching this Masters, man. I'm feeling inspired. We need to hit, we need to hit the uh, 18 holes. We do, we do, especially before it gets like a thousand degrees here in, in the city of Atlanta. And that's like really literally around the corner. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> also joining me, man, is the homie Ken. Ken, what up, playboy? Long day, man. We just, uh, we recorded the... Uh, Joey Badass and um, shit, uh, Freddie Gibbs review okay. earlier today, and then we just ran ran to the crib, man, to uh, to do this this recording. So uh, just another long day, man, trying to get it in. True, true indeed, true indeed. And and joining us this week is a special guest host of ours. Uh, it's our homie Deuce. Deuce, what up, man? Yo, what's up, fellas? First time on the show. Welcome, welcome. Man. What's going on, Deuce? Yes, yes. Welcome, Deuce. And uh, he'll be filling in tonight for our boy FIFO, who probably won't make the podcast. A lot of stuff to talk about. Going to be NBA heavy uh, on this particular podcast. Uh, So more importantly, we ask that you not just listen, but also pass the word. So uh, without further ado, let's get started on this week's podcast. Uh, In the NBA, man, the MVP race is hot and heavy. Uh, some people tend to think it's a two man race, but realistically it's about four guys, uh, that is, that are really up for the MVP. Now, your boy, James Harden had a couple of choice words to say, uh, when he started talking about the possibility of winning the MVP. I mean, I, I thought winning was what this was about, period. So I don't, I mean, I'm not going to get into depth with all that, but I thought winning was the most important thing. And, and he was talking about winning as far as like his team's success. Uh, as many of you know, James Harden's Rockets will finish uh, the regular season with more wins than uh, more more wins than Russell Westbrook's 
uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. So it got me to thinking he's more or less talking about, you know, the wins of his team should influence, you know, the the writers and the sportscasters who actually vote for the MB, MVP uh, as, as far as swaying them maybe in his direction, if you will. Um, so I'll start right there. B, is he right or wrong? Should a team's record be considered when deciding who is the MVP? I mean, you know, if he's campaigning for himself, based off that argument, Kawhi Leonard is the MVP. <laughs> right. I mean, I, 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 is I don't know if he's I don't know if he's saying that in general, like it, you know, or is he just making a plea for himself? Because if it is, that's kind of a stupid plea. Because yeah, we all know Kawhi Leonard is one of the MVP candidates as well, and if he's going by that by that argument, then you know, I would say. Kawhi is the MVP based based on what James Harden Harden is saying. My vote, I'm still Westbrook. I'm still I've been saying Westbrook for the last two and a half months that Westbrook is the MVP. Um, but you know, Magic Johnson won MVP over Isaiah, and and Pistons won more games than Lakers that year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I don't. I don't I, but then you know, Oscar Robinson when he did it, Bill Russell won MVP. Right. So you know, and because Bill Russell at the time did a record breaking. A record-setting 60 wins, and you know, out of 80 games, 60 and 20 that year, and I think uh, Oscar only won 43. I think they went 43 and seven, uh, 37 that year. So um, I, don't, I, mean, I don't know, but I'm just my vote. I'm going with Westbrook, but if if Harden want to play that win argument, then <laughs> he's not the MVP because Kawhi Leonard team, based on his team success, had more wins than the Rockets. So you know, sorry you had to shoot yourself in the foot like that, James. True indeed, true indeed. Deuce, what about you, man? Uh, James Harden is trying to make a case that his team is going to finish over, you know, with more than 50 wins. Uh, The Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, you know, despite losing a guy like Kevin Durant, uh, you know, really rode the the back of Russell Westbrook to this record that they're going to finish with. Uh, At the time of this recording, I think there's only two more games left in the season, but they are they the Oklahoma City Thunder will be short of 50 wins. Uh, so what's your take on that? Is he right or wrong? Should a team's record be considered when you're considering who wins the MVP? Uh, it should be considered to an extent. Um, it, there should never be a case where a person who doesn't even make the playoffs wins MVP. I think that happened to like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar once, and he should not have won MVP that year. But as, as far as this year, then I, I'm sorry, James. I got to disagree with you, man. Um, Westbrook. Westbrook's my MVP. Yep. I mean, for for a guy who – for really a team that lost probably the second-best player in the world, and for him to really carry that team to the sixth seed in the West, I mean, that, that says a lot. That's most valuable to me. I mean, we see it game in and game out. He, he registering like 50-point triple-doubles and hitting buzzer beaters. I mean, James has had an outstanding year, but I just don't think – I just yet again, I just don't think it's his year to win it. Um, it's unfortunate because I think he should have won MVP the, the year that Steph won it. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Harden was my pick to win MVP that year, but it looks like another year where Harden's going to have an outstanding year, and he's and he's just not going to reap the benefits of it. Unfortunately. Well, you know, Harden really want, wants this uh, this MVP trophy because he keeps campaigning <laughs> for it uh, to the point where it sounds like he's whining um, mm. that you know he's being overlooked when in all honesty, a lot of people were saying that he should win the MVP. It just recently switched over to Westbrook 
um, the closer and closer he he got to um, achieving this triple double feat. So for me, man, like obviously I, I think it's Russell Westbrook um, until the disaster that became the Cleveland Cavaliers for a while. I was saying <laughs> that LeBron was being overlooked, but uh, he, he's out of the running now. Not after what what he's allowed that team to do. But for me, man, when I look at OKC this year and I look at OKC last year, we may end up with a 10-win difference between um, having KD and not having KD. Mm-hmm. That should mean something as well because, mm-hmm. you know, he's managed to get this team into the playoffs uh, averaging a triple double, winning while averaging a triple double. So Harden, when you're saying that winning is the most important thing, yeah, I think averaging a triple double and oh, having a winning <laughs> record while doing so is is what you're talking about. So if Russell Westbrook wasn't, you know, producing W's with his efforts, you got a point. So. You know, I I mean, I'm sorry, man. You you got robbed two years ago. You're not getting robbed this time. There it is. There it is. I couldn't have said it better. Um, I I, I agree with with the three of you, man. I think I, I I understand why James Harden said what he said, but like B said, what he said doesn't really help his case. I mean, because if it's about wins, then we should give it to Kawhi. He has more wins, or we should, or we could give it to LeBron. He has more wins than 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 Harden's Rockets does, or we can give it to KD. You know, he's got he's on the most he's on the best winning team. I mean, so and, and like Du said, I think no, there's there should never be a time where somebody who probably doesn't make the playoffs should win the MVP. Normally, there's a correlate, and and I, I I've heard and I think it was uh, the Rockets GM Daryl Morey on. Uh, ESPN talking about, you know, normally it's teams, you know, players on teams that have 50 wins or what have you. Nobody's never asked about how many wins a team should have. It just so happened that, you know, normally the MVP is going to go to the guy who's on one of the better teams. And I think if you look at Russell Westbrook's numbers and you look at his team being a six seed in the West, Given the fact that they lost Kevin Durant, I think that's a pretty good team. Is it the best team in the West? No, he's not on the best team in the West. But I think you also have to be realistic, and you have to look at what Russell Westbrook is playing with. And then also look at the games where he, not just where he where they won, but the games where he got triple doubles, most of them he they won. So, so in essence, his team needed him to get these triple doubles so that they could win. Um, I, you know, like you said, James Harden is having a phenomenal year and, you know, Daryl Morey was making the statement that, you know, he's only two rebounds off of, you know, averaging a triple double himself. Well, that's a lot. You know, I mean, you, you can say, well, he's only averaging eight rebounds. I mean, it's great to average eight rebounds. There's power forwards and centers in the league who don't average eight rebounds. So, you know, what Harden has done, particularly with this Rockets team, I mean, don't get me wrong, has been incredible. LeBron has been phenomenal. Kawhi has been you know, incredible, even after losing Tim Duncan. But when you look at where OKC, just go back to where we thought OKC was 
the day that we found out that Kevin Durant was going to Golden State. You know, and keep in mind, let's let's remember, it was really up in the air whether or not Russell Westbrook was going to re-sign with OKC. Right. So, you know, so that was up. That was, you know, it, it was kind of touch and go for OKC for a minute because they were looking at the possibility of losing both of their stars. Um, I said that to say this. I think I understand why Harden is trying to, you know, kind of campaign for himself and you know, he hasn't said anything disparaging about anybody or anything like that. But, you know, you, you, you're starting to sound like you want it. I mean, people and, and don't get me wrong. There are a ton of writers who are going to vote for James Harden and he's deserved of those votes that he will get. Uh, I just don't know or see how, at least in my book, that you could put him ahead of Russell Westbrook, because at this point, um, what he has done based on where he's come from, based on who he's played with. And I. And I'm I'm starting to think the more and more I hear people talk, and you know we we talk to cats on Twitter and stuff all the time. I think the more and more that I listen to people talk, either y'all are low bottom haters, or y'all just don't watch basketball. I mean, like <laughs> if you make a statement like, well, you know, he's only doing this because you know he's. I mean, like you you I, for people who don't understand what Russell Westbrook is doing, I I tend to ask them like, how many o- Oklahoma City Thunder games have you seen this year? You know, if if you've seen five games and the rest of, you know, the things that you've seen from West Westbrook has been highlights, that might be part of the problem. Or like I said, you might just be a low bottom hater. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, before we move on, big shout out to Sergio Garcia winning his first Masters this past weekend. Um, he almost went lemon booty. Uh, <laughs> it, Ooh, came down to, it came Ooh, down to the final. I was, I was waiting. <laughs> I was like, man, he about to choke. He about to uh, yeah, he about to and, do it again. Exactly. And for those of you who don't follow golf, uh, Sergio Garcia, up until this past Sunday, has been known to choke. Uh, and, and it looked like he was going to choke it choke it away again. But he he was able to force a playoff. Um, and he beat out Dust, uh, Dustin Johnson. I'm excuse me, uh, Justin Rose. I'm sorry. I get Dustin Johnson from him. He, he hurt his back. Uh, but, yeah, shout out to him. Uh, for winning his first Masters, I think they said it was his first win in like seventy-five attempts at a major. Yeah, so, at a major, rest. and just just like tennis, the only time only time I watch golf is is when the majors come around. You know, that's the only time I'm like that's the only time I'm like watching or like interested in watching is when they when the major events is going down. Kind of no similar doubt. to tennis, no doubt. So so big shout out to him. Uh, moving on, speaking of Russell Westbrook, this past Sunday at the time of this recording. Russell Westbrook not only hit a triple, hit another triple double uh, against the Denver Nuggets, but he threw in a what was a thirty-six foot three-pointer at the buzzer to win to defeat the the Denver Nuggets. I thought it was crazy that in that game, the the game was in Denver. The Denver fans were cheering and chanting MVP as he was playing and shooting free throws. And this is a a, a similar occurrences that has happened in other arenas across the country as Russell Westbrook has, you know, stepped to the line and, and he's gotten standing ovations from the opposing crowds. People are just so excited and so enamored about uh, him getting a triple-double. So with the triple-double that he had this past Sunday, he surpassed Oscar, Oscar Robertson for the most triple-doubles in a season at 42. Um, so now he has averaged a triple-double for a season. Uh, this is a feat that has not been accomplished since Oscar Robertson did it some 55 years ago. So the question I have, and I'll throw it to you first, Deuce, um, can this be duplicated? And if so, who do you think will do it again? 
I think it can be duplicated, but I think the person capable of doing it is not in the league yet. Like I, he okay. might. He might not even be born yet. I mean, I could easily see this triple-double record, you know, standing for another half century. You got to think about how mind-boggling that is, the mm-hmm. average triple-double over 82 games. It's, it's hard to register one triple-double for a season. Right. I mean, to have 42. And I don't I don't want to hear anything about stat padding. Or, I mean, I mean, join your local church league and try to <laughs> hit me up when you do it. Yeah, I mean, man, you, like you realize, you realize how hard it is to average a triple double. I mean, to get one triple double. That's true. That is so true. That is so so true. I, I thought that Oscar's record was one of those unbreakable NBA records mm-hmm. from uh, you know forever ago. But I'm gonna take this opportunity to toot my own horn because I did call the Russell. <laughs> you did. Yeah, you did. Hey, Deuce did. I remember. I think it was like maybe the first. What like week or two weeks of the NBA season? And I remember he tweeted. I remember he tweeted us and was like, "Russell about to have a triple double." And I think me and Ken and Mitty was like, "Whoa, wait a minute, calm down. We just hit November. Like it's just November. Calm down. Like let's let's wait this out and see." But yeah, you called it. You called it early. Because remember, he went on a triple double rampage a few years ago, back when the Thunder didn't make the playoffs and KD was injured. Yeah, and he went on a triple double rampage then. So then when I saw he was putting up big numbers, like, first week of the season, I'm like, oh, man, Russell might have a chance to, you know, knock his average his triple-double this year, man, because yep. he's not going to have a choice. You caught it. Uh, you caught it. Now, I remember the first week I was like, stop. Wait a minute. Yeah. And, and, and let me be the first to say that I told you, Deuce, at that particular time that you were crazy. So I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Ken, what about you, man? Um like I said, it's been 55 years, man. Oscar Robertson has come out and publicly endorsed Russell West Westbrook for the MVP. Uh, he said he loves him. He loves he loves what he's done. He loves the fact that uh, you know his record has been broken, and which is big talk coming from Oscar Robertson, who, who you know in the past has not necessarily been kind to the younger generation. I remember years ago he he kind of he kind of dumped on people, you know, comparing mm-hmm. Michael Jordan to him. Um, but I found this to be fascinating, the fact that he embraced Russell Westbrook and, and really, really took a liking to him. Um, do you think this can be duplicated, man? And if so, who do you think can do it? Well, first of all, I think one of the reasons why he, he endorses Westbrook is because Westbrook is throwback. Mm-hmm. you know, And a mm-hmm. lot of the older players love this guy because he reminds them uh, of their era. Um, so that's why I think that he, he has um, – he has adoration for this guy. Um, do I think this can be done again? I, I think so. I think with the way the league is going, um, you know, I, I, I would expect rules to loosen up a little bit more. Um, if we get shorter seasons, it won't require as much effort um, as it did for for Westbrook. And um, I'm surprised you none of you guys know who can actually do it. I mean, have you guys not been paying attention? LeVar Ball's son. If you're talking to LeVar Ball, his son, his son is going to break Russell Westbrook's record. Which, 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 hold up, Ken, which one? He's got three of them. The, the oldest one, Lazo. Lazo. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Lazo. Leave it to LeVar. LeVar, he's going to get uh, 70, 77 triple doubles. But in all seriousness, I think the one person that may be able to do it is the person that's extremely close right now. And that's James Harden. And if James Harden loses this MVP, he going for it. 
I can guarantee you that James Harden is going okay. to go for this record. He's too yeah. You know who I think you know who I think can possibly get it? I think if they focus on it, I think the Greek freak can get it. Mm, okay. Okay. Giannis. I, I think I think I can definitely see the Greek freak pulling this off because I mean a dude can pass. Dude is definitely rebounder. You know he 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 got those he's lanky as hell. He can score. So I can see I can see Greek freak doing this as well. I mean, but you're right. I I, I somewhat agree with you with the James Harden. I can definitely see him pulling that off. Or if not, he can be the first player since Tanner Algebraut to to lead the league in average average points per game and assists per game for the entire season. Yeah, Greek Freak right now is averaging twenty two, eight, and five. So we have to get those assists right. up. Right. And as long Same. as yeah, so it's possible, but Jason Kidd is part of the problem there. <laughs> what about you, B? Anybody else you can think of that uh that you think uh, could possibly complete this again? Uh Greek Freak. Okay. Um yeah, Greek Freak was the first person I thought of mine because it's like to me. His game is still growing. You know, he's still getting better. And I just think, yeah, I'm like, if anyone that can possibly do this or either come remotely close, like I can see Greek Freak averaging, you know, 26, 9, and 9. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can see him being really close to averaging, the closest to average a triple-double for an entire season. I don't know about getting 43 or 44 triple-doubles or whatever, but – you know, it's it's. I think it, I think it, like Ken said, man. The way this game is going now, man, yeah, it's, I can definitely see someone pulling this off. Maybe might be maybe what thirty five years instead of fifty years right. <laughs> until we see it again. <laughs> you know, so yeah. I just, yeah. I, you know what, B, I'm kind of with you, man. Like I, you know, it's it's great that I mean, thank you, Russell, because Russell made the season entertaining right mm-hmm. the season yep. where we just knew everything was already defined we were just waiting to get here russell he 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 gave it life but i know we've talked about this offline you know via text or whatever like i never thought that i would like see somebody average a triple double in today's game this is like it's like president Obama. well no nah, it's not like president Obama, <laughs> but, <laughs> But yeah, man, this is, I mean, it's fascinating. I, I think people are not really understanding what just happened. And you know, you know why, you know why I think that is Ken is because the triple double, and I was telling, I was telling somebody this earlier at work today, like the triple double was something that to be honest, we didn't see it that often. I mean, we saw it and I mean, like it was, it was a big event if, if Magic got a triple double in the eighties or or Jordan got a triple double in the eighties. Um, it, it was something. It was something to behold. But like you said, even like when Jason Kidd, even you you mentioned Jason Kidd, when he would get his triple doubles, it would be like eleven, fifteen, and seventeen. You know, like it wouldn't be this type of dominant. I mean, this dude had fifty points and a triple double. I mean, like that doesn't happen. I think this was the, the perfect storm. You know, well, let me start first to answer the question. Uh, I I kind of agree with Deuce. I think the person who probably the next person to do this, you know, might not even be born, or he might be in preschool right now. Um, it it, it take it, it's it's it takes a lot, and I mean, for one, you got to be healthy. I mean, and that's the other thing that's so impressive about Westbrook is that he expends so much energy on the offensive and defensive end. And he literally has carried this team of bums on his back all season long. 
So, and he's done it and, and been healthy. So, you know, big props to him and Harden for that matter for staying healthy and being able to, because that first and foremost takes precedent over everything else. Um, one thing I wrote down here, uh, I'm going to throw a couple of numbers at you. 25, 8, and 8. This is only, there's only been a couple of players to have done this ever. And the big old Oscar Robertson, he did it five times in the 60s. Average 25 points, eight rebounds, eight assists. Michael Jordan did it once in 1989. And then there's this year that we have three players that's doing that. Um, LeBron, uh, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook. So I think what happened is, is that you, you look at that period of time. Like I said, the last time somebody averaged this kind of, had this kind of average was back in 89. So look at the time frame and how much has changed within the game. And so I think so. Sometimes I think people get a little desensitized to how how great of a feat this is. It's hard to get a triple. It's hard. It's hard to score in the NBA first and foremost. But let alone to get a triple double. I don't think people understand. And, and maybe it's because they they're seeing on seeing it on a night to night basis. Uh, you know that they really you know, don't appreciate what is actually happening. I mean, we have a guy like LeBron, and, and we're going to talk about LeBron in just a second, but LeBron isn't even <laughs> – LeBron is really at that – and I think I mentioned this on a, on a podcast a couple of weeks ago. LeBron is at the point where people have really found reasons not to give him the MVP, but really and truly he is still the best player in the game. He's averaging 25, 8, and 8, and if he really, really wanted – I mean – the stats at this point in his career don't matter, so he's not going to try and average a triple-double. But this is a guy who's having a career high in assists and rebounds right now. And he's, for the better, you know, he's probably going to finish like third, maybe fourth in the voting. So I think people people get so desensitized to 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 what LeBron is doing. It's like, oh, yeah, LeBron had 32, 17, and, and, and 12. You know, and it, and it he and I think sometimes he makes stuff look so effortlessly that you know we just get so used to seeing it. But I think it's it's going to be a while, man. I, I just I, could Harden do it next year? Could Westbrook do it next year? Possibly, but you don't want to burn your your players out, like because I I, I can only imagine how much energy it takes to keep this up over a particular year. And I think next year, at least I hope for Russell Westbrook's sake you know, that he'll have more help to where he doesn't have to do this. Um, but when you have three guys averaging at least 25, 8, and 8, and it only been done by two other players, you know, in the history of the game, that's saying a lot. And I think we just, I think people people aren't, you. people have gotten used to seeing it, but trust me, this is a special feat. And I think it, it may take this season to already have passed for people to really understand and fathom what Russell Westbrook is actually doing. Cause it's pretty incredible when you think about it. Um, moving on. <laughs> it feels like we've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks. Um, it's real that the Cavs struggles down the stretch have reared its ugly heads. Now there was a, a big buildup about a game that they were going to be playing against Boston, the Boston Celtics. And I think that was this past Thursday, I think. And, Cavs went out and just <laughs> mopped up the floor with the Celtics. And you kind of walked away from that game thinking, okay, well, you know, Cavs are kind of getting things back on the right track. Uh, and then they had to play the Atlanta Hawks at home. And the Cavs were playing them at home, and the Hawks were resting, I think, four of their five starters and got washed. 
Cleveland got washed at home by a depleted Hawk squad. Now then they turn. What's that? That's pitiful. Keep going, coming (laughs) (laughs) And so and then so they turn around and they play this past Sunday, and the Cavs are winning in Atlanta by 26 points in the fourth quarter and managed to lose the game. They gave up 44 points in the fourth quarter. The game goes into overtime. LeBron fouls out. There were some questionable calls, but nonetheless, even though the calls were bad, you know, you can't give up 44 points to the Atlanta Hawks in the fourth quarter against their second and third unit. So Cleveland is struggling. They had a game last night at the time of this recording. They had a game last night against the Miami Heat where LeBron did not not play again. Um, And here's the thing. They announced, the the Cavs announced that LeBron would be resting, Kyrie would be resting. Uh, They said that LeBron had a calf strain, but uh, LeBron was seen the night before at Club Live in Miami. Shout out to Club Live in Miami. Um, And so this thing with the Cavs here is – and they've already announced that the final game of their regular season that LeBron will be sitting out. Meanwhile, they don't as the time at the time of this recording, they don't have the number one seed in the East. Uh, that belongs to Boston. Cleveland is now sitting at number two. Um, they've stumbled right here at the end of the regular season. B, how can they fix what's wrong with them, or can they? Um, I know when I saw that. LeBron James was resting. I think the injury is some BS. I'm like, resting for what? These guys, <laughs> these guys need to be playing. You can't be resting after you just lost to Atlanta's second unit. You know, the first time you got taxed at home. And then here in Atlanta, you had a 26-point lead, and you lose that lead to the second unit. And now you want to rest? Y'all need to be gelling because the playoffs start this Saturday. So yep. y'all need to be – y'all they need to be playing – and doing something, resting is not going to help because that team is clearly out of out of out of sync right now. And I don't know, I don't know what's Cam might be on or something. He might be sniffing something. I still think, I still think they're going to come out the East because I just, I realistically, I don't see a, a a team in the Eastern Conference beating them in a seven game series. Mm-hmm. But you know, my hopes to them, I ain't gonna say hopes, but my uh, thoughts of them, you know, able to win a championship this year, repeat. I don't think that's going to happen, but I still think they're going to make it to the finals, though. Okay, okay, okay. Um, Deuce, what about you, man? Uh, like I said, man, they've stumbled. They and they've stumbled, and we're not just talking about two games. The the since the All Star break, this team and granted they've had injuries, but they have not looked the same. How can they fix what's wrong with them? Well, I ain't gonna. Cleveland is awful. I ain't gonna mention. <laughs> Damn, awful. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's everybody's fault. First and foremost, Ty, isn't Ty Lue supposed to be a defensive guy? Yeah, mm-hmm. right. I mean, they're one of the worst defensive teams in the league. I mean, yeah, they, they, they might they might get out of the East, but Golden State gonna run it out like they gonna run it out of the building like about four or five games mm. because they can't defend anybody. That and is, then Lue. Lou needs to have a short leash on Darren Williams and Iman Shumpert. Oh, my goodness. I, I understand that they got Darren Williams to be a secondary ball handler so that Kyrie can rest. But they didn't have that last year, and it worked out just as well for him. And he doesn't give you anything offensively, and he can't guard He can't guard me. <laughs> <laughs> Iman Shumpert 
is pretty much the same deal. I don't know what's happened to him on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, this team is this team is regressed, and, I, and I'm not exactly sure why. It's just like the second half of the season. I don't know if it was injuries. I mean, Kevin Love. They, I mean, Kevin Love wasn't out forever, but I don't. I don't know if it's injuries. Um, I don't know if it's just lack of focus. But they look like a team that's going to like struggle to get out of the East this year. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I don't know what to think of it. I mean, it. I mean, LeBron's not going to keep going to finals forever. So maybe this is the year. <laughs> Who knows? I mean. I mean, they, they don't look better. They're, they've been the worst good team in the NBA post-All-Star weekend. Wow. Yep. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Yeah, they, they truly, truly have. Ken, we, we've talked about it, man. It's, it feels like we've we've covered this probably on the last three or four podcasts over the last couple, last month or so, man. Can they fix what's wrong and what's wrong with this team? Is it is it a matter? I mean, I keep hearing people, you know, sports writers and and you know, Win Horse and people like that saying they can, you know, they're thinking they're going to flip the switch when it comes playoff times. Is it just that simple? I think that was the the narrative earlier, right? I think we all thought that eh, they're bored, you know, championship hangover. Um, they're just ready to get to the playoffs. And we found over time that they just can't play defense. We knew this earlier on in the year, but we kind of just brushed it aside um, because they were winning games. They were blowing people out. They were hitting the threes. Throughout the year, they made a lot of roster changes. Um, Guys have been in and out, uh, much to what B was saying. Um, I felt that they probably needed to play in order to get um, into a rhythm as a team, not that they were whole again. But I think that Lou, after blowing two games in Atlanta, um, I think he made the right call. And part of the reason why is that um, they got lazy in the fourth quarter, played a lot of hero ball, um, and I think they were fatigued. Um, so I think that, you know, at this point, they just need to get their legs back under them. They may have dead legs, especially LeBron with all the minutes he's played. Uh, you can play Kevin Love. Kevin Love has been hurt. You can play him. You can play Jarrett Smith. Uh, Darren Williams needs to play as much as possible to get in some type of rhythm because I think it's probably difficult for him to um, adjust to coming off the bench um, when he's used to being a starter. That's why he's looked as bad as he did. Mm-hmm. Maybe last night could be a coming out party for him. And you know, um, he, he went off. He made a lot of boneheaded, silly, silly, silly plays and turnovers. But, you know, offensively, he got off. So maybe that can carry over into the playoffs. Um, they don't care about the number one seed. We know that. We've said this. Right. We said it on this show. We've heard it. One seed, two seed, it doesn't really matter. Um, can somebody in the East beat them? Yes. If they're mm-hmm. playing defense like this, mm-hmm. I'm concerned about the Cavaliers, not on the offensive end, but on the defensive end. A lot of it is miscommunication. Like last night, uh, after a timeout, um, you know, the Miami Heat was basically stacked at the top of the three-point line, and I think they ran a, a, a screen or something for Tyler Johnson, and he had a wide open lane to the hoop yeah, and I nobody switched. And it's like, Nobody's. what are you guys doing? And I'm looking at that and 
like Du said, like Lou is supposed to be a defensive coach, and he's not coaching defense, and he's getting a pass for all of it. This team is is atrocious. Uh, Deuce is right; they're awful on defense, mm-hmm. um, and and that's the problem. And we keep making excuses for them, or you know, I keep making excuses for them. Maybe the media, some of the media, keep making excuses for them. But you know, I, I think I've been saying it for I, man. This, their defense is just horrible. But I also look at their decision. To just be like, ah, you know what? Forget about it. We'll just get ready for the playoffs. I do think they could snap and everything could work. Um, but Lou need to get his rosters together. He needs to play Derrick Williams way more than he has. I don't know why he's sitting. LeBron likes playing with this guy. He's athletic. He can run the floor. He can make shots. He was the second player taken in the draft. So he has talent. Mm-hmm. And LeBron loves him. So... He needs to be on the court. But, yeah, man, I you know, I, I think we'll find out Saturday or Sunday if it's much ado about nothing. But I will say this. This is the last thing. Um, Jimmy Jackson said that the Cleveland organization, they're not worried. But one thing he did say that caused me to pause a little bit was that there are some people – in the organization concerned about LeBron's power within Mm. the organization and that Mm. he gets away with stuff that he probably shouldn't and that they're not holding him accountable enough. And that was what Lou did last year and what we thought he was going to do. And apparently he's not doing it. So there could be something there. That's an interesting point that you make, Ken. I think, um, and that kind of takes me to where, I, what you know, and and I don't make, I don't make too much of what I see in the regular season, uh, but I think you know, trends and habits are formed in the regular season, and I think a lot of times those things always carry over into the playoffs. You don't you don't get rid of trends and habits. I mean, could you could you have a bad shooting night? Of course. Could you have a hot shooting night? Of course. It happens. It's the NBA. It's eighty two game season. Um, that being said, I, even going back to the game this past Sunday here in Atlanta, uh, LeBron was awful down the stretch. And I did not, post-game, I did not hear him take any accountability for the mistakes that he made. You know, the missed free throws, the, you know, the, the five-second violation. I mean, this you're not talking about a second-year player. This is the best player in the game. You know, um, and never that take charge. Okay, hey, let me let me put the put the ball on my and and it, it could have been fatigue. I don't know. Maybe they went to Magic City the night before. I don't know. Um, that being said, I think part of the issue is is that Cleveland, from what I could see, not just in this game, these two games against the Hawks, but just overall this season, particularly in the second, you know, since the All Star break. And it's just been pretty much a layup line for anybody who wanted to get to the cup. And I understand Tristan Thompson is out. He's not necessarily a rim protector. He he can, you know, be a formidable he can be formidable in the post. Um, but I just don't see the effort on defense. Now, if you you know, it's one thing if you're playing defense and a guy scores on you. 
I just don't see the effort, and I don't see more importantly, I don't see the effort, and I'm, and I'm not, and I don't want to make it sound like I'm dumping on LeBron because I think he's a great defensive player, but I, the effort that we saw him put forth defensively in previous years, I'm not, I haven't seen it all year, and maybe it's because he's doing more on the offensive end. I don't know what it is, but and and we all know Kyrie not gonna guard nobody. <laughs> Kyrie's <laughs> thing is, you score on me, I'm gonna score on you. That's that's his that's his mo, and that, you know it is what it is with him. Um, and I can't. I, I saw something you tweeted that was funny. You said something to the effect of, "If this had been black, you know, all hell would have broke loose." Yep. And that's true. We have given of of all of the stuff that's happened this year to the Cleveland Cavaliers, we've given Tyron Lue a pass. And if, if good old David Blatt was still on that sideline, we would, I mean, like, he would be pulling his hair out. You know, we, we've really given them a pass. And I think you can, you, can, you can make X's and O's when it comes to playoff, but you can't teach effort. And you can't coach effort. And I think there's a part of the Cleveland Cavaliers that think that just because they show up, teams are going to, you know, uh, fold. And that's not the case. And I think – do I do I think a team in the East could beat them in a seven game series? Yes. Will it happen? No, I don't I don't think that it will. I, I think, but here's the thing that I do think. Teams like uh Washington, teams like Boston, those teams could give Miami excuse me, not Miami, could give Cleveland fits to the point where instead of, you know, them losing in five, they lose in seven. So if Cleveland, let's say Cleveland has to go go two seven game series, you know, and you and they're talking about being tired now. <laughs> if you're tired now, and you and you have a you know you you had two seven game series, it's gonna be, you're gonna be even more tired come finals. So uh, do I think do I think that there's issues? Yes, there's issues there. Is there cause for concern? I'm very concerned because I would love to see, and even though they're not my team, I would love to see the Cleveland Cavaliers. In the Eastern, in the finals, um, but this team, man, they they look bad. And when they look, I mean, like it's not even, it's not even like they look bad. Something like they look bad all the time, defensively. And yeah, problem is hard to fix this late in the year. It is. It truly is. And I mean, it's you know, you could say, okay, well, hey, we have new personnel, but that you know, it's really time out for that. And I mean, ultimately, Cleveland will win because. You know, their best three players, at least in the East, are better than the best three players that they're going to face, you know, in the East. Um, but the difference is that I see from previous years when LeBron was in Miami, he had D Wade and Chris Bosch. Teams feared them because they knew that they couldn't beat them. These teams like Boston, teams like, you know, Washington, even, you know, these crappy Hawks, they smell feel blood. like, yeah, they smell like the Toronto. They feel like they can beat them, and they're not afraid. And I think this is different for me because from a fan's perspective, I've never seen teams in the East not fear LeBron and his team. I think that these teams feel like they can get them. And, you know, you give a team like even a bum team like the Hawks, you give them a little bit of confidence, it can go a long way. And so I'm very, very interested to see how the playoffs start. Of course, I expect, expect everybody to turn it up a notch because it is the playoffs. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens. It's going to be very, very interesting to see and, what happens. And you know the thing is and that I've seen as I've watched them down the stretch is they don't care. You know, they really, really don't care. And the other thing that I find interesting is that um, pro- priorities, right? 
So for Boston, it's all about getting the number one seed. Mm-hmm. I think they think that by having the number one seed in, uh, and home court advantage in the East Conference Finals, they like their chances. But all they care about is the number one seed. Cleveland, on the other hand, that's not a priority for them. Finals and winning a title is a priority for them. And that's what they're putting ahead of everything else. They they feel that if they're the sixth, seventh, or eighth seed, um, they can still get there. So when I look at how the organizations approach certain things, yeah, Boston, they're they're playing every game like it like it counts, like it matters. They have a lot to prove. LeBron don't have anything to prove. He said it. I've been to six straight finals. I don't care about the regular season. Um, so is and then he went out and showed that he did care about that game. But um but yeah, but what I don't like is that and this is on Lou and LeBron, um, and Kyrie who calls himself one of the leaders of the team. Um, when you look at Golden State, they they don't ever really take games off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't take games off, man. And and that's on Kerr having them boys ready, Draymond Green. Um, Popovich also has been known to kind of piss away a couple of games at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And by the time the playoffs roll around, they, they're not in sync. Um, but the Cavaliers really only care about the playoffs but and the finals. But my concern is that the other teams who do take the regular season serious will be ready and in far better we will be in a better game shape than the Cavs mm-hmm. will mm-hmm. mentally and folk and really gelling as a unit because if you look at the Warriors, Kevin Durant was probably injury was probably the best thing that could have happened to them. Mm-hmm. Because that second unit now has finally kind of found a bit of a rhythm and a place within that team. So now they kind of know their spots before they were trying to figure it out. Now they've had to step up in Kevin Durant's absence. And now that he's back, hey, they could just keep on rolling. Right. And that's what's, that's what's going to be key for them, man. I, I think they have to, they, they have to, they have to figure it out. Like they can't, yeah, they, they can't, they can't afford to say, okay, Hey, we're going to turn it on. Hey, we're going to turn it. It just, it just doesn't work like that. I, I don't know what it is that, or what they're, what it is that they're trying to accomplish, but we're, we're going to see real soon how quickly they can or cannot turn it back on. Um, Moving on to the awards. Uh, we have our annual Dead End Sports Awards, and we did not get a chance to shoot uh, our videos before the season started, so we have our uh, awards here. That we're going to do those tonight. Uh, FIFO has chimed in and said uh, for his MVP, he's voted, he's voted for Westbrook. So I think we've all, I think we've all said that we have uh, Russell Westbrook as the MVP. Uh, defensive MVP. BZ430, who do you have for your defensive MVP? Oh, man. Uh, defensive MVP will probably go to... Ben Wallace. 
Yeah, <laughs> I know you want to say Ben Wallace. Shout out to the Pistons too, man. I didn't even know the Pistons were closing down the Palace. They played the last game last night in the Palace, man. Shout yeah. out to the Pistons. Yeah, uh, yeah, man. I witnessed just before I get into my picks, but yeah, I witnessed some. I was fortunate enough to witness the Bad Boy era, man. Me and my dad went and went to Game One of the '89 Finals, and mm. in 1990. We went to uh, game two of the 1990 finals where we lost in overtime, but eventually, you know, we won the series anyway and won back-to-back championships. Mm-hmm. And in 2004, me and a few of my best friends went to a Pistons and in Indiana, I think it was Indiana playoff game, um, the year that they won it before uh, in 2004. But I didn't go to a final game, though. But, yeah, man, I was I witnessed, I witnessed in plenty other re- countless regular season games I went with my dad during the you know, during the Isaiah uh, era and went to a couple of Grand Hill when Grand Hill was in this prime era, you know, so I, I witnessed, mm, witnessed, mm. A lot of, witnessed a lot of good Piston basketball at the Palace, man. You know, it's bittersweet, but at the same time, I'm happy as hell that they're coming back to the city. We're going to be the only city in, I think, in the U.S. that all three major teams arenas are literally within, like, blocks from each other. That's dope. That's dope. As in the yeah. baseball, football, and basketball. Like, literally two blocks. They're all, like, two to three blocks from each other. Like, crazy. Yeah, that's dope right there. That is. that Because is, I know, um, and just for people listening, how far is the palace from downtown uh, Detroit? Uh, talking about uh, 35, anywhere between 35, Sheesh. 40. Anywhere between 35, 45 minute drive from, from the city of Detroit, up okay. north, north. So you're driving about 35, 40 minutes north of the city just Damn. to go to the, just, and it's like out in the, I mean, parking is lovely out there, but it's just out in the middle of nowhere. That's why, you know, with this, you know, and at the time you got to think back in 1988, when the palace was built, it set the standard for like how people was building and construct and architecting arenas from that point on, you know, mm-hmm. so. It was very dope when it was first built, but it's just the fact that it was out in the middle of nowhere. That's one of the reasons why I never hosted an all-star weekend because it was no hotels. It was nothing. It was literally out out of the middle of nowhere, out in the suburban area, you know, in Auburn Hills. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So now that they're moving back to the city, um, Adam Sitter already talking about, um, you know, Detroit hosting an all-star weekend, hopefully in the near future. And next year in 2019, they're going to be hosting a couple of NCAA tournament games. So that's going to be dope, man. It, 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 that's that's what's up. I'm happy that we finally have all of our three, well, shit, four professional teams right in the city, right in the in block. Can't beat it. Can't beat it. Can't beat it. Yeah. So your defensive MVP, who you got? Um, defensive MVP. It's either a toss-up between Rudy Gobert or Hassan Whiteside. Okay. Those, those, those. It's, uh, uh, I probably, oh, man. I probably Pick go one. with Hassan Whiteside probably just because, you know, he got, he's averaging the most rebounds, 14, and he's, like, what, second in blocks per game, um, which is pretty good. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I'm going to go with Hassan Whiteside. Okay, okay. What about you, Deuce? Defensive MVP. Well, I, I'm a Heat fan, so I'm just going <laughs> to statement. I, I would love to see Hassan Whiteside win it um, because he's really established himself as a force in the paint this year, mm-hmm. um, yep. blocking everything, um, pulling down rebounds. Of course, you can always throw in Kawhi Leonard's name in the picture. Mm-hmm. 
probably, probably one of, if not the best on-ball defender in the league. Um, but I probably have to go with Whiteside. I'm biased. Hey, at least you're honest. <laughs> uh, I will be when we get the coach of the year or two. So yeah, we'll. <laughs> <laughs> He's already putting it out there. Yeah. Ken, what about what about you, Ken? Um, defensive MVP. Who you got? And uh, Gobert. He was the second round pick, right? Uh, yeah, I think I so. so. Yeah, man, that that dude got potential, man. Like a lot. He's just so free. Like he has these long ass arms. Like you think you're in there for a layup, and it's like Mister Fantastic. He's just <laughs> blocking your shot. So, I, I, and I've seen just his presence um, alone has really uh, affected a lot of teams. And I, I, I'll go as far to say that if he's not there on that team, they're um, they're not winning the way they are. So. I'm, I'm gonna give it. I, I like the young brother, man. I do like Whiteside a lot. Um, excuse me, but I do like Gobert. I think I like Gobert a little bit more than than Whiteside here. I'm gonna give it to Kawhi, man. I, I think, like like Dude said, I think he's 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 done the most, and then he does it on the offensive end too. But I think every on a night to night basis, man, he he locks cats up, and um, you know, and he does it quietly. I even to this day, I I couldn't tell you what. You know, Kawhi Leonard sounds like because I think I've probably only heard him do one interview. Um, but yeah, I, I, I got I got Kawhi. Gobert is nice. Um, even low key, even though nobody will agree with this, I think Draymond defensively has had a great year. Um, <laughs> I mean, he ain't kicked nobody recently, so hey, he, <laughs> recently, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> he he he's like Harden, man. He's whining for it. Somebody much. will trust me. Somebody will get kicked by Draymond this playoffs. You watch. It might it might not be in the in in, in the you know in, in the later rounds, but the first round somebody's gonna get kicked. Watch. <laughs> uh, okay, coach of the year, Deuce. You you said you're a little biased, man. So 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 let me hear what you got. Coach of the year. Completely contingent on them making the playoffs. They could easily not. But I, mean, I think I think Miami's gonna make the playoffs though. They 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 might. I hope so. But I I'd really love to see Eric Spolstra. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like to see Eric Spolstra win it. Um, especially I mean, you lose LeBron a couple years ago, and then you lose Dwayne Wade, and then and to come Bosch. and then to, yeah, and lost Bosch too, and then to come back and probably make the playoffs with this roster you have that really doesn't have a superstar. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm trying to think. Do you, do you think the Heat? have like any player on their roster that's like a top 25 player in the league? Hassan mm. White, sir. Hassan White. You, okay, you top 25, though? Yeah, top I mean, 25. Yeah, 20, 20, 20, 20. You think he's probably, Hassan White, sir, is probably, what, top two, top three in this position right now, at his position, at All center right, position. So you, so you have a center. Okay. But as far as that, like, you, I mean – I mean, the NBA these days is really um, guard dominated, but um, yeah, I'd really like to see Spolster win it for what he's actually um, done with this roster. I think they're really playing uh, beyond their potential right now. So what? If, what if they don't make the playoffs? Where did this happen to miss it by one? Yeah, yeah if they don't make the playoffs, I would probably give it to Mike D'Antoni. Yeah, that, that's my pick. okay. That was yeah. my pick. Okay, was, BC, you got D'Antoni. Yeah, that was just that was gonna be my pick. Just the fact that he's. His coaching style has ele- – and he, to make the switch from James Harden to go from two guard to point 
and the way James Harden game has elevated so much. And I mean, if for for a casual, I mean, of course, someone like me or Ken or whatever, we can name other players on their roster. But for a casual basketball fan, they can't name you anyone else on that roster besides James Harden. <laughs> and you know, he's turned that team, you know, into the third best team in the West. You know, granted, we know the greatness of the Spurs and Golden State Warriors this season. But you know, Rockets managed to be a three seed team, which is really one superstar and a bunch of B and C role type players, you know? And like I said, the way James Harding game has just elevated this season mm-hmm. that we've seen that we never thought we would see out of James Harden. You know, like I said, James Harden become one of the guys I like to watch. Like I and before I never cared for James Harden. He's like, yeah, James Harden, whatever. I never care for James Harden. But for some reason, he's becoming like one of my favorite players this season to watch and to like like I like I care to watch James Harden or like if his name be brought up. I don't mind putting him on, on top lists and stuff like that just because of his way his game has elevated this season. So I got to go with Dan Tony. That's my pick. My coach of the year is LeVar Ball. Um, <laughs> I, 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 think what, um, I think what Spo did this year with that team and that roster was amazing. Um, after the 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 start to the season they had like they were beating quality teams um and and it's for a while we thought it may have been like remember when the rockets went on that 22 game win streak but nobody believed it mm-hmm. <laughs> um it, it it kind of felt like that for a second like oh they're just hot they'll cool off but after a while it, it was legit like james johnson is out there filling the stat sheet. And he had a bunch of guys that, I mean, we're talking about D-League players, guys that on other teams probably wouldn't even have much of a role. Mm -hmm. And he's coached, excuse the language, but he's coached his ass off. And as, as, as a basketball fan, to see what he's managed to do with that team, and when we know the NBA that's star-driven, that needs a star player. Not saying that Hassan Whiteside can play, but they're not giving him the rock and say, like, he's Shaq. Let's be right. real. I don't, I don't think he's a superstar. I mean, he's, a, he's a great player. Yeah, he's still developing. Um, you know, he's like a bootleg Dwight Howard right now. <laughs> um, but the kid can play. And he, he keeps working. He's going to be – he can be a beast in the NBA. But that team, to just even be a – just a threat to make the playoffs, I think in the second half what they did was amazing. I would love to see him get it. I know making the playoffs matters to a lot of people. Sometimes I think in situations like this, man, it, it deserves to be looked over. Um also, shout out to Terry Stotts uh, for what he mm-hmm. managed to do because that team was dead in the water, and now they're in the playoffs. They're in the AC. Um, so, shout out to him. Shout out to Spolstra. Oh, but boy, I think I'm with yep. you guys, man. I I guess D'Antoni because we saw what the Rockets were last year, and he is the difference maker for that team. And he took Harden, and this was his call, and moved him to the point guard, and, and his um, other – stats went up his scoring was going to stay pretty much consistent because that's what he does 
But everything mm-hmm. else that he did uh, received a bump up as well. And that team, for a while, was a legit threat. I think they're coming a little bit down to earth. I think teams are caught, caught up with them. But they're still going to be a threat in the playoffs. Oh, no question. So, no question. I like D'Antoni. And, and that's the thing, too, man. I, I think um, you you could you could actually make a case and say, okay, well, Houston's success, you know, is it all attributed to Harden? Is it all attributed to, you know, the moves that D'Antoni made? Um, and that could – you could make a case for it or against it in Harden's case for MVP and in uh, D'Antoni's uh, case for Coach of the Year. Uh, I'm going to give the the slightest edge to uh, Eric Spolster in Miami. I, I think what he's done with the Heat, um, considering, like you said, losing D-Wade when – most of us didn't think D Wade would ever leave Miami. And then obviously the the, the health issue with Chris Bosch. We knew Chris Bosch wasn't coming back this year. So, you know, a depleted roster. They signed, you know, a couple of guys, but you know, no there's nobody on that roster that'll scare you. The fact that they're at the time of this recording on the fringe of making the uh Eastern Conference playoffs uh says a lot. And I think you know, for the most part, a lot of people, particularly in the time that LeBron, the four years that LeBron was in Miami, people didn't want to give Spo a lot of credit. But, you know, you can ask Dwayne Wade about what kind of coach Eric Spolstra is. And he's he's a, very, he's a damn good coach. And I think you have to be able to coach at this level to get a team like that to, to at least sniff in the playoffs. So I'm definitely going to I'm going to lean toward him. D'Antoni had a great year, like you said, Stotts out in um, Portland has been dope as well. Um you know, you can make a case for Pop. Uh, I think this is the first time, I think I, I think they said, first time that uh, the Spurs have won 60 games back-to-back seasons. Um, model consistency. Uh, so you can make a case for him as well. Um, now, rookie of the year. Ken, who you got for your rookie of the year? <laughs> um, uh, Joel Embiid. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he he um he got hurt, but my my goodness, man, that 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 dude proved to be everything um they said he was. I think a a, a close second. Dar- Dario Saric was balling, but mm-hmm. fatigue has caught up with him. He struggled, you know, down the stretch. Uh, B, what about you, man? Rookie of the year, who you got? Oh man! As much as I do want to go with Joel Embiid, thirty-one games though, Ken. (laughs) I played less than half a season. Man, yeah, I know. At least, at least, at least, give me about forty-four, forty-five, dude. This dude gave me thirty-one games. Now, granted, I mean, what he's done in 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 thirty-one games and the minutes he was playing and the numbers he was still putting up is quite impressive, but. Uh, I might have to go. What's the dude name that played with Philly as well? I mean, at least he gave me eighty-one games. Sark. Yeah, yeah. I think I might have to go with him, man. You know, and what you call it? I think if his numbers was a little better, I would pick uh, 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 my man from from Boston, Jalen Jalen Brown. Um, Jalen Brown. Brown was pretty. Jalen Brown was solid. Yeah, uh, Buddy Hill actually had a pretty good game. He's not, but it's like he kind of lost steam. A little bit towards the uh, second half of the season. Um, yeah, that's it. I, I, I'll go with Sark. What about you, Deuce? Uh, I know he only played thirty-one games, but Embiid to me, he, he was he was the best rookie <laughs> for the time in which he played. 
I mean, I understand he has a paper knee, but <laughs> that that would probably be my rookie of the year. I know he didn't play he, what what thirty one games was it? Thirty one get thirty one games. <laughs> I, but he, he showed me a lot in those thirty one games. <laughs> he, he really did. He did. He really yeah. did. I can't. I can't deny that. Yeah, yeah. He was the best rookie for like if you just look at the time in which he played relative to the other rookies. But, but rookie of the year, if you're gonna say year, you know, rookie of 31 games, yes. But you, a lot of these, other know, he, can't help, he can't help that he has. A, he, I don't, <laughs> hey, I mean, you know, you gotta play, baby. You gotta be. You gotta be. You gotta. You gotta have that good attendance in school. Be in it to win it. Yeah. Rules are meant to be broken. Who says we? They have um, to play. Man, I, that's <laughs> tough. I'll probably go Sark, but but that okay. Here's the thing. Listen, I'll give. My vote for Sarek, but if you ask me who's the best that I saw this year, I'd say Embiid. Yeah, because Embiid was doing things, man. And and I the the only the the reoccurring theme that I kept saying every time I watched Embiid play, man, if he could just stay healthy, if he could just stay healthy, that's the thing, man. Um, the sky has a limit for this dude, man. And I may have, and I <laughs> you know it's funny because I, I remember I, I was watching him play one night and. Um, and I, I sent a tweet to our boy Q, Q to six man. And I said, man, if this dude could stay healthy, it, you know, he, he's going to dominate this league. And like the next night he got hurt. <laughs> yeah, and and he didn't play. It. He didn't, he didn't play no more. Um, <laughs> and I was, Joel and, and, and you know, what's funny, Kent, I was actually thinking of, cause one of my boys hit me up. He's like, yo man, I can get tickets for the, uh, for the Hawks. Sixers game you want to check out Embiid and and I was like I said well how much you take he's like man don't worry about it. I got it for free I was like all right cool so we were gonna go to the game and then like there was a report like that Wednesday like they were supposed to be playing like that Saturday there was a report that he had swelling his knee I was like man he ain't gonna play I was like if he not playing I'm not going to I'm not going downtown to watch the game to, you know to watch the Sixers I'll watch it all at home and he did not play and I was like damn I ain't even get a chance to see Embiid live a bit of a, I, I wouldn't even call it breaking news. I uh, just got this alert that the Cavs will sign center Eddie Tavares and waive uh, Larry Sanders. Um, oh, Eddie Tavares. Oh, man. Damn. Eddie, yeah, Eddie Tavares is, if I'm not mistaken, he played with the Hawks. He's like seven foot four or something like that, but he's seven like. Three. Yeah, he's like, his, his, I mean, like his, he's one of those guys where his game has not caught up with his body. I mean, he's a, he's just a big body, so uh, he's not probably not a guy that you'll see on the Cavs roster or excuse me in the rotation. But just I just got alert as as I was talking just now. Uh, Larry Sanders, um, though, damn man. Yes, I, you know I I that Sanders thing had me kind of scratch my. Head. I didn't know where he was going to fit and how they were going to work him in, and they they just seemed like they never never really got around to it. What the hell um, are they going to do with Eddie Tavares? <laughs> hey man, your guess is good as mine. <laughs> Uh, before I forget, man, sh- big shout out to the Chicago Cubs. Uh, they raised the banner uh, last night and they got their world championship rings. As many of you know, they the curse was broken last summer. They are now the defending, for the first time you can ever say this, the defending World Series champion Chicago Cubs. Uh, they they uh, got did the thing last night at Wrigley Field and um, like I said, they, they said this people still celebrating the city of Chicago. So big ups to the Cubs and all the Cubs fans uh, as they try to repeat 
in baseball this year. We'll, we'll have more baseball talk because the season season's just getting started uh, here last week. Um, Jerry West made some news this past week. Uh, as many of you know, Jerry West uh, is the his his silhouette is the logo for the NBA. Jerry West, someone asked him, and he said he would not mind seeing the NBA remove him as the icon the as the iconic logo for the NBA. Um, so they got me to thinking, man. If they remove Jerry West um, from the logo and the NBA adopted a new logo, um, what image? And I'll be I'll, th- I'll throw it to you first. What image would you like to see? Well, I'll just go ahead and put Jordan. But could we do Jordan? Though? Because that's because of licensing the Jumpman. You mean the Jumpman logo? I mean, whatever, whatever, jump, whatever logo they can use. I guess just use Jordan. I guess <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure they can. And if they wanted to, I think they can work out the licensing, licensing and on that stuff or whatever. Man, now that Jordan just don't want. Now that Jordan just be like, nah, I don't want y'all to use my 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 Jumpman logo as the NBA logo. But um, yeah, I mean, maybe LeBron if some if you want to think of someone current, I guess. And I mean, you know, he's kind of like the this generations you know i guess what michael jordan i guess if you want to say i, I don't know i mean michael jordan is the first person i can think of if not jerry west okay how about how, how about kobe kobe i mean I don't, I don't know what like what kind of silhouette they would use to... shooting a jumper jordan's <laughs> <laughs> right i mean you know hell, he pretty much mimicked his game <laughs> so I was, oh, man. yeah, I mean, yeah, Kobe, LeBron, or Jordan, or something. You know, that's the only only, only ones I can think of. That's how they what can about... get around it, B. <laughs> it's like uh, that's not you, Jordan. It's Kobe. It's Kobe, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and Jordan be mad as hell too. <laughs> what about you, Deuce? Uh, who who would you like to see in that image? Uh, Jordan, the goat, for okay. sure. Um, as far as the silhouette, I was thinking probably the um. The free throw line dunk that he did in the dunk contest. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a oh, good. Oh yeah, yeah, that'd be dope. That'd be dope. Yeah. By the way, why is Jerry West the logo? Um, good question. Uh, I don't know, man. I, 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 Jerry can play, but I mean, he. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, I, I think, yeah. I think, I think at the time, and to be honest, man, I had to look it up. I'm not sure what year they made him the logo, but I mean, Jerry West was every bit of, you know. A league superstar as LeBron is right now in his day, um, not not as dominant, man. but I mean he was. What I, I, I guess I'm trying to give you so that like type of perspective. Like the oppression of the black man, <laughs> right? And then the black silhouette oh, of the white man, right? You you would you would think as much as Bill Russell was winning, you think he would have been a logo back then? You know, if they was. Yeah, but you know Russell wasn't flashy. I mean his his biggest thing was the block shot. You know. I mean, you, I mean you dude, was, he, was like, but he was like the standard of winning before uh, before Michael Jordan, though. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, that's true. I, I, why, why not Shaq? We could we could do the the, the swinging on the rim, Shaq. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Ken? You know what? I I, I like um, you guys. Are, you guys seen that that picture of? Remember when that guy was cussing at Russell Westbrook and he was pointing at him? Mm-hmm. We should use that as a silhouette. Like, whose man is this? <laughs> I think that would be perfect. <laughs> Point to the oh, NBA logo. Wait, can't stop it. 
Hey, the next the next thing Ken gonna recommend is that we use the Drake Owl, the OVO Owl for the local. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, man, Kyle B. Deuce, how old are you? Twenty-three. All right, so Kyle Young B. You guys know, growing up, and this probably was you guys probably talked about this too, Deuce. But I, I just know I can speak for the three of us that when we were growing up, we've been saying we need to get rid of Jerry West and yeah, put yeah. Michael Jordan as the logo. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad Jerry West finally came out and be like, "All right, man, that's that. Look, it's enough, it's enough. Let's <laughs> get me out of here. You know, my time is yeah. done." Yeah, Ken, you you're right. That that has long been. A disguise and keep in mind, like I've been watching basketball since 1980, and so yeah, I've that that discussion and it's always been Jordan. I mean, like I think at one point in time, I remember a couple of cats saying Magic, some people saying Bird, a couple of people said Isaiah, but and this was the 80s. But like, yeah, even back then, people, at least the people that I've been around, they wanted to see another logo, and I mean, it's a, it's a cool logo, I guess, but. You know, Jerry West and, and his reasoning behind it is that he's, you know, very private. He's he's not somebody that's, you know, it's like uh, you know, is about themselves or, or pumping themselves up or whatever. And he said it's you know, it's kinda of embarrassing and he's like, you know, he's just he's he's kinda of over it. He was like he felt like it was a great, you know, gesture, but you know, he was like, It's kinda of time to move on. So what, my what is, thing is what is he like one for eight in finals? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was that, that, that way too. That, that didn't matter back then, man. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's why I was, man. Yeah, I was telling my dad about that. I said, man, because I think uh, Will only won one too. And I was like, man, can you imagine, like, you know, if if Jerry West would have did, if his career would have played out exactly like it did in today's world? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Jerry West would get cream. Yeah, and 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 there, that's that's the difference because. You know, we're in an era and, you know, I partly blame Michael for this because <laughs> we're in an era where, you know, people say, well, you know, you, you, you like we talked about Patrick Ewing last week. You know, people always talk about the fact that he didn't win a ring. I mean, like there's a only one winner. Didn't. Yeah, a lot, a lot of a lot of greats didn't. I mean, there's only one winner. I mean, and it was I crazy think- about that, too, Kyle. Like a lot of people, a lot of players who we consider great as well. They never won a chip, but we still mm-hmm. consider them to be great. It seemed like now this you're right. Like now the standard is, oh, well if you ain't win championship, you ain't great. Like like in my I, eyes, I think if Kevin Durant as great as Kevin Durant if he never wins championship, I'm gonna still think of Kevin Durant as a, a great NBA player. Mm-hmm. You know and, as, as you should. Anyway, as, you should. AI. as you should. And and here's the thing, and I love the fact that people give Michael Jan I mean I'm I'm a huge Jordan fan. I love the fact that people give Michael Jordan the props and the love that he gets now. But Ken will tell you, B will tell you, man, 80, what was it? 80, 88, 89, 90. Hey man, there was, there was a consensus that he wasn't going to get past those Pistons because he couldn't. And they whipped his ass. And I, and, and B will tell you, I mean, like the Jordan rules, th- those were real. And, and, the, the knock on Michael Jordan was the fact that here's a guy who could score a bunch of points, but he didn't make his teammates better. This was the knock. He didn't make his teammates better, and he hmm. wasn't going to get them over the hump. And Detroit figured him out as a team. Detroit said, you know what? We'll let you get 40. We'll let you get 45. We'll let you get 50. We're going to shut everybody else down. And when you come to the hole, we're going to throw you on the ground. And that's what they did. And I think what happened was it's, just, it's so funny to me to see Jordan ex- 
you know, he ascended into this stratosphere after he was able to, quote unquote, figure out the Pistons and get over the hump. But up until that point, you know, we could very well if let's say the Pistons kept that team together and, and let's say Jordan never figured it out. Or let's say Pippen never took his game to the next level. We could be talking about Jordan like we would not be talking about him as somebody who won six consecutive rings. We'd be talking about him as a guy who, you know, couldn't get over the hump with no ring. We'd be he we'd be we'd be dogging him like we dog mellow. <laughs> yeah, and and don't don't forget about those Cleveland that Cleveland like his legacy started as soon as he hit that shot against Cleveland. But yep. Cleveland no, owned Jordan. No, no, no. His legacy huh? started. His legacy started even though they lost that series, but his legacy started when he whipped up Bird for 63 points. Yeah. Now I'm talking about yeah. when he hit that yeah. shot, B. Remember I mean, the yeah. shot over Elo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember, but I don't I don't think that's when the legacy started. I mean, per I'm talking the, the ascent. Yeah, people. Okay, I see what you're saying. Great, I see what you're yeah. saying. He was Durant. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, Durant went to the finals, but so that's a bad example. But he was just a great, like everything Kyle said is absolutely correct. But um, but that shot, and then of course winning the title from you know from there, um, you know put him over the top. Yeah, people people love Jordan. Um, But once he started, went like they, he really was like, he was like LeBron, dog. Like Mm -hmm. yeah. They they loved him, but all he needed to do was win, and once he won, that was it. Yeah, because right. like, he, he already he already won dunk contests and all that mm-hmm. stuff, and he already had scoring titles. So yeah, like yeah, winning the championship was like the next thing. Like that was yeah, that was. And the I, next I remember thing. they asked Magic about it. Magic said, and this was I think this was right after Jordan won his first title. Who ironically he beat Magic in '91. And Magic said, I, I, I think he's figured it out. And and he said, the fact that he's figured it out is going to be a problem for the rest of the league. And he wasn't lying. It was a problem for the rest of the league. But don't get it twisted. Jordan was the same way. I mean, like, he was a guy who was constantly being knocked. And fortunately for him, he didn't come up in the era that we're in now where there was social media and stuff like that. But no, uh, the narrative and the knock on Jordan was very much present. I know one thing. They can't change that logo to, to Larry Bird or <laughs> or uh, Hotep Twitter will have a fit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that ain't going to happen. Nah. <laughs> that ain't going to happen. So we'll see what happens, man. I mean, Jerry West is, you know, he, he was. Now, whether or not Commissioner uh, Silver decides to take him up on it, we're not sure. But uh, it, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, he, he's not. He wouldn't be mad if it happened, and I think there's a strong contingent of basketball fans that would be happy for it to happen. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, moving on, it's almost time for us to close out to this week's podcast. As I mentioned at the top, I am your host, 12 Kyle, joined by my partners, BZ and Ken. FIFO's not here today, but filling in to, for him is our boy, Deuce. Uh, we want to thank you all for listening and tuning in. As I mentioned at the top as well, make sure that you Download, subscribe, and share this podcast with your cousin, your mama, everybody. Um, so it's time for our closing statements. BZ, you want to close us out? What what you got for us? Um, uh, boxing. Okay. <laughs> um, I was I watched. Uh, I can't pronounce his name. Russian guy. Uh, I ain't gonna try to pronounce his name. Dang. Be but brave. he was on. Huh? Let's go for it. Be brave. 
<laughs> yeah, no, but most people are not gonna know what no, Justin. I, anyway. I don't, I don't <laughs> even, have, I don't even have his name like in front of me for me to try okay. to pronounce. But it began with an L. Um, but anyway, man, yeah, dude, put on a boxing science this weekend. Um, he's he's fighting in the one thirty pound, which is like lightweight um, division. Um, Ain't La, La, La Mika Nacho or something like that, man. Dude, I've been watching this last like three or four fights, man. Dude is is he is I love it. I, that's the type of boxing I love, man. You you hit, but you don't get hit. His footwork is is pretty is is damn good. This dude he punishes you. He don't knock you out. He just beat the crap out of you. Have over he had over three hundred amateur fights. He's eight and one right now, and they are already putting him on a. Top, you know, top ten, top five pound for pound boxes right now. That's how, mm. that's how precise he is, dude. And I just love when boxers go out there and they just whoop up on their opponents, but don't even knock them out. Didn't even knock him on the canvas a couple of times. Just lumped his face up. Dude was missing, like he was fighting ten guys, just swinging and just missing, 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 missing. And my man was just lumping them up, lumping them up. So, yeah, I wish I can pronounce his name correctly, but. Yeah, man, I, I, I'm I'm a fan. I am definitely a fan of that guy. I'm a fan of Terrence Crawford, and I'm a fan, a fan of Errol Spence Jr. Those are like my three boxing fans, and Andre Ward too. Um, those those are my boxing guys that I'm like following really, really heavily right now, man. I, I love it, man. So yeah, boxing, and I think Terrence Crawford is fighting late May, and then Andre Ward rematch. I think I mentioned it before in the mm-hmm. pre- previous day in sports. He's fighting June 17th. So yeah, boxing, boxing, boxing. There it is. There it is. What about you, Deuce? Uh, final thoughts, closing statement. Yeah, so I was watching uh, Gruden's QB camp earlier, and um, they had Deshaun Watson on. And, man, he threw a shot at my man Lamar Jackson, bruh. What? Uh-oh. Yeah, he's <laughs> just salty about not winning the Heisman. Mm. That's, that's what, okay. I mean, <laughs> What did he say? Yeah. Uh, Basically, um, Gruden asked him, you know, he asked him about the Heisman and said, why don't you think you won? And he's like, I don't know. I guess I got to lose a few games, then win it. So, all right, man. <laughs> oh. Shots fired. <laughs> oh, come on. That's I'm, like... a uh, I'm a Louisville fan, so I, I rep Lamar Jackson, man. So, hey. right. so I can't wait for college football season to roll up, man. Watch Lamar Jackson put on a show. And win the Heisman again. I'm calling it. Okay. Okay. All right. There he is, my man Deuce, uh, with another hot take. <laughs> right, Ken, what about you, man? What's your final thoughts? Um, okay. So before I get to that, uh, two things. So the Nets are sitting six players against the Bulls. Wow. So that the, should the, be a the, win. The Nets? What? 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 what what do they have to rest people for? <laughs> They're going to Acapulco in a couple of days. I don't, I don't know, but that should—that's pretty much a win. Pacers win, so Miami more than likely won't make the mm. playoffs because of this. Um, which they played their ass off last night, only for this to happen. So it kind of sucks, man. And I, I, you know, I don't know what they're gonna do about this, but a lot of. Players have just been resting and they're faking injuries and stuff like that. It's, it's getting out of hand and it's starting to affect the the competition of the game where you got guys that are fighting to get in and it's the last game of the season. And, and like you said, Kyle, they ain't playing anymore after tomorrow. So, mm, why, so why are you sitting them down? So anyway, so there's that. Um, 
the the second thing is, did you know that Mark Cuban actually planned on putting Tony Romo in the game? Seriously? Yes. I don't understand. I don't understand. I just don't understand. Yeah. Like, why are you disrespecting the game like that? My God. And it's it's been all Romo stuff all day. Him at the court playing with his kid and shooting around with the Mavericks. And people are just, just in awe about it. Like, oh yeah, my God. that's crazy. That's crazy disrespect to the game, man. All right, closing thought. Phoenix Suns. Okay. Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. It's great that Russell didn't set the record against you guys. I know you guys are proud of that um, because you guys wanted to make sure that he didn't set the record against you. Because you didn't want to be the team to go into history books. Well, you go into history books as the team that managed to try to, sh- or that managed to shut him down in one of the wackiest ways possible by fouling um, the guys that he passed the ball to and fouling Westbrook. Like, if you want to stop Westbrook, stop Westbrook. Don't foul to stop him from preventing the record. Like, man up, play, lock up on defense, and stop the dude. Like, they were double teaming and, and or sometimes they were, like, it was, it was, it was borderline disrespectful. They were leaving him open so he would shoot the ball. Now, look, Westbrook wasn't trying to shoot that ball. He was trying to get the record. But my point is that, like, you guys are actually proud of this. You guys are actually bragging about this. Devin Booker is playing to a crowd that don't care about him. They wanted to see the record. And Devin Booker's running around yelling like he's doing something. Bruh, like the best thing you could have done for that Phoenix fan base is to let them see Russ set the record because they were there to see him set the record, not to see Mm -hmm. you play. So, uh, you got this thing totally backwards, and you didn't accomplish anything. We just look at you as like, it's just, when you lose, you just can't get out of the way of losing. And that's what they did that night. It was an embarrassment. Yeah, I understand that Westbrook was trying to, but what was he supposed to do? Yeah, you got to try to get the record. I think he needed like one more assist or something like that. Mm -hmm. What do you expect the guy to do? But for you guys to file the players he's passing the ball to and to foul him and to be proud about it, y'all played yourself. There it is. There it is. Um, my final thoughts, man. Actually, I have two quick ones. Uh, my first, actually, it's just two messages. First message is to, to my man, James Harden. Uh, James Harden, sometimes it's just not your year. Even when you have a great year, sometimes it's just not your year. Got me thinking back to 1962, the year that Oscar Robertson didn't win the MVP, despite the fact that he averaged a triple double. Uh, he, was third, he was third in the voting. That yeah, year. He was third in the voting. Guess who finished ahead of him? Bill Russell won the won the award after averaging 18 points, 18.9 points a game, 23 rebounds a game in 45 minutes. Uh, the guy who finished second, little guy by the name of Wilt Chamberlain, he averaged 50 points and 25 rebounds. Now, that's not going to happen again. <laughs> <laughs> Let me say that again. 
50 points and 25 rebounds in 49 minutes. No one's getting that. So, you know, it wasn't Oscar's year. It wasn't Wilt's year. James Harden, it's just not your year. Um, My second message is to my man, Steph Curry. Steph Curry, man, I love Steph Curry. Beautiful family, just great guy. You know, it seemed like the kind of guy you want to hang out with. Um, I don't know if Steph Curry has friends, but if Steph Curry has friends outside of the guys that he plays ball with, somebody needs to pull Steph Curry to the side and tell him to stop putting out these whack shoes. (laughs) Um, Steph released some shoes, uh, and they came out on the internet the other day. Man, I don't know what, I don't know if they were bowling shoes or basketball shoes. Steph, man, you can't be out here releasing these struggle shoes, man. I mean, you did that last year with those nursing shoes, and... I contend, and it's on record, as soon as Steph released those shoes, that's when the Warriors fell. It wasn't wasn't gold, it wasn't Golden State. It wasn't Cleveland's comeback from 3-1. It was those struggle shoes, man. And the bad part about it is Steph thinks those shoes are fly, and those shoes are awful. The shoes from last year are awful. The shoes from this year are awful. Steph, I hope you're not setting a bad precedent by releasing these struggle shoes, man. You're too cool and too dope of a player to have wax shoes. Listen, anybody listening will tell you the first thing that one of the first things that a woman will pay attention to is a man's foot. Your foot game always got to be tight. We came up in an era where we wore Jordans and we wore fly sneakers and the Bo Jacksons and the Deion Sanders. We all You could have bummy gear, but your sneaker game had to be tight. Now, Steph, I'm not somebody who wears a lot of sneakers. I have a couple pairs of sneakers, man. But I mean, no, I'm not gonna spend two hundred dollars on a pair of sneakers because I go to work every day. So I wear, I'm, I'll spend two hundred dollars on some Cole Hans. But Steph, come on, man. I mean, there's got to be somebody in your team, your wife, maybe your daughter Riley. Somebody can tell you that, man, that, man these, these shoes are not good, man. They are bad, and the internet is killing you. And you're too good of a player to be out here with struggle shoes, man. Michael Jordan did not he, – he didn't play basketball for you to be releasing bad shoes. It's just not a good look. <laughs> That's going to do it for us here, Dead End Sports. I'm your host, 12, Kyle. Uh, so for my man FIFO in his absence, got to thank my man Deuce for coming through. Ken and BZ, uh, this has been another edition of the Dead End Sports Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace. Peace. I'll be 5,000. Out.